I was born on the hottest day in Harlem. A beastly heat set records while my mother labored more than 25 hours alone inside a shuttered hospital room. No one gave her anesthesia or any other comfort. The staff kept my father waiting beyond the closed door, and, stunned by her incessant weeping, her repetitive weeping petitions to the Lord for some relief, he could scarcely decide whether to sit, to stand, or to smash up a chair, a pane of glass, a cup of coffee. My mother continued to moan, and she begged God to forgive her for these outbursts of ingratitude. She was being blessed with a child, Months before, she had been visited in her sleep by angels who had told her that this firstborn would prove to be a great help to her people, colored people. She was being blessed. But she felt sundered by an agony that would subside only to return with a piercing intensity that lasted quite beyond her sensible endurance. Her own sweat and bits of shit and blood drenched the sheets beneath her torment, and she twisted and she toiled through arduous hours of her sacred tribulation, and she tried, she tried to praise Jesus and his suffering, as she suffered now, the curse of every woman. This, then, was her cross to bear, this giving birth to me. They were both West Indian immigrants. Both of them came to America from barefoot peasant levels of poverty, But there, the similarities disappeared. My father quit after the first few months of grade school in Jamaica because, he said, the other children laughed at the rags he wore. My mother completed the equivalent of high school, and so, as my father reminded her again and again, she knew how to read and write long before he got around to teaching himself those skills. But my mother grew up in the dirt-floor cabin of a mountain village without electricity or running water. She would often whisper to me pictures of the frightening shadows of banana leaves below the changing message of the moon. She came to this country because my grandmother, a domestic worker in New Jersey, finally sent for her. My father came because his older brother down in Panama tried to take his teeth out with an ordinary pair of pliers— Or, he came because he'd finished his stint as a British soldier who served in a cavalry regiment of Her Majesty's something or other in World War I. It was hard to settle my father into a steady frame of reference. He was a race man, an admirer of Marcus Garvey, an enthusiast for theories about African origins of the human species, a zealous volunteer boxing instructor at the Harlem YMCA, devotedly literate in the available Negro poetry and political writings, and also he would angrily insist that he was not black, not a Negro. Looking at him, you'd have to say that my father was extremely handsome, possibly white, and at least 50% Chinese. Listening to him, you'd have to conclude that he was passionately confused and volatile, Calling himself the Little Bull, my father was short, conspicuously fit, truculent, and generally, with women, flirtatious. Believing that idleness is the devil's plan, he stayed busy, reading through the night, 
his index finger tracking each syllable that he silently mouthed, or writing letters to government officials, or designing the next household or backyard project, or refining a schedule of forced enlightenment for me, his only child. He was forever loquacious, argumentative, and visionary in his perspective. And he was addicted to beauty, which is probably why he married my mother. She had flawless brown skin and enormous dark brown eyes. She was very beautiful. She was also very sad. But my father mistook her sadness for dignity, and he treasured her reserve.